In this episode, we will be slithering into the underbelly of Disney World. We're going to ask the question, are they listening to us? Perhaps watching us? What is Big Brother really up to when entering the parks? Walking from one land to the next? Inside the shops? Traveling to and from the resorts on the monorail? And even the Disney Resort Bus Transportation System? Does Disney know your face as soon as you check into your resort location and have the capability to track you anywhere on property, wherever, and whenever they choose? They've been called Rent-A-Cops and the Night's Watch by the Florida courts. They have the ability to issue incident and accident reports and follow through with investigations. Their secrets and record books are kept tightly secured and not publicly viewed. We're going to look through the eyes of the men and women that serve and protect your beloved safe haven, also known as the happiest place on earth. Or is it? Open your eyes at what lies beneath the mass surface of Main Street, USA. What information is concealed, collected on us while vacationing, and locked up inside the vaults? You don't want to miss this stunning interview. All of this and more up next... But first, a word from our sponsor. What if you could travel like a rock star for pennies on the dollar? What if you could earn an unlimited number of $1,000 bonuses for showing others how to do the same? What if we could show you how to become completely financially free in the most exciting, sexy, fun business on the planet? Perfect, because we have all of that with a brand new company that just launched. A company with proven management, unique and documented technology, and perfect timing. A product that everybody wants and even dreams about. And a compensation plan that pays out better than anything in the industry. It's called Surge 365. Find out how you can be a part of something big and make your travel and financial dreams come true. Timing is everything, and positioning is vital. It's your time. Let's go. You're listening, You're listening to, 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 to The Mousecapades Podcast, sponsored by TwoTicketsToParadise.net. 
It's that time again, my friends. Time to book your ADRs and schedule your fast passes. We're going to take you on a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. It all started with one man's dream, and boy, was that a big dream. From that dream, millions of memories and in just as many smiles remind us why we love it so much. So pack your bags and don't forget your magic bands and your Mickey ears because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. All right, Dave, happening now in the news, I'm going to take you on over to the Animal Kingdom. Let's go. All right. The Tree of Life is now under construction right now. It's at, well, I shouldn't say under construction. It's, it's taking on some refurbishment. First the hat. I know. And now the tree. Hey, they're he- they're heading in a new direction here, buddy. I mean, I, I like how Disney's starting to clean up and, and add to. They're changing with the times. This just in there, uh, taking down Cinderella Castle. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, on April 13th, the Tree of Life at Disney's Animal Kingdom uh, added to the refurbishment list, which currently seems, like you just said, to be park-wide. You know, granted, much of the work around Animal Kingdom is new construction. You know, and we've all seen some of the stuff, some of the artwork for Avatar Land and stuff like that. So the Animal Kingdom is going to be looking a lot different soon. Yeah. It's, they're paving the way for the new nighttime show, you know, the Land of Avatar. Yeah, I can't wait for that show. They needed something there at night. The end game is expand Animal Kingdom beyond the historical early closing time and push the park hours well after dark. Good. That's what I was just getting ready to say. They needed something there at closing time because you can't hardly validate buying a ticket for that one park in a day. Yeah, I totally agree. So the listeners are probably asking what is actually happening to the Tree of Life. Well, first off, there's no firm facts right now, Dave. But speculation is that This involves replacing the leaves on the Tree of Life. The new leaves are expected to have the ability to be lit at night and reflect color changes as well. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a lot of work. There's over a million leaves on that tree, I hear. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, you know, with uh, Disneyland going to their mapping projection at night and having their shows every single night throughout the park. So wherever you're at in the park, you can see the nighttime show. I think it's pretty cool. This is just a step towards that direction, you know, of, of adding to the entertainment value at Animal Kingdom. That's cool. So next up on our list, Disney restaurants will begin offering allergy-friendly menus, Dave. And they always they always kind of have, you know, if you put in a special request, Disney's always happy to oblige. But now they're actually putting out a menu. What kind of menu are they doing? In order to better accommodate guests, Walt Disney World will be introducing allergy-friendly menus to most of their dining locations. These new menus will focus on the most common allergens, you know, including gluten. You know, people are starting to go towards gluten-free wheat, milk, and peanut allergies and things like that, and people who are allergic to fish. So, you know, it's a step in the right direction to cater towards those individuals that have, you know, needs. Right, that's awesome. I know they do a good job of, like, bending over backwards for the people that have those kind of allergies, but it's nice to actually have something prepared. And Yeah, so I can only imagine someone who's allergic to certain things. It's probably a pain thinking about oh, are they going to do this for me will they will they make it the way that i need it to be made you know whatever it may be and i sit there and just think about it until they finally get to the restaurant and then they ask and you know just the worrying of, of asking you know can you can you do this for me so i think it's a step in the right direction yeah you and i have a co-worker that's allergic to a lot of things and everywhere we go it's like 
we feel bad for her because she has to be cater her whole diet around what we're doing. So we talked about the boathouse last week at you know Disney Springs, right? Reservations are now available, buddy. It's open. But guess what? Yeah, but guess what? What? Not through Disney. Really? It's not through. Yeah, it's not through. It's not through the dine plan. The boathouse. Um, we all know it, it opened up this past week. It's an upscale restaurant featuring a wide variety of menu uh, of foods that we discussed last week. Now the question is. People want to know, when can I make a reservation? The Boathouse will operate without advanced reservations, Dave, until mid-May. However, guests can now make reservations through Open Table, not the Disney Dining, from May 15, 2015 and on. So we expect reservations to be available at some point through Disney Dining, but that has not been confirmed as of yet, Dave. Hmm. I wonder what that's all about. I don't know. So I think they'll figure it out, you know. But uh, in the news, it's it's a pretty uh, – oh, no, no, I got one more thing I forgot to share with you. The Be Our Guest Breakfast pre-order option is now available. So the Be Our Guest restaurant, you can reserve your table ahead of time, but now you can actually start reserving your food, which is pretty cool. So it will make things go a little faster, I'm thinking. You go in there, you yeah. sit down, and they've already got your meal going. Yeah, so if you're like me this summer, you, you have a um, – I have like a, a brunch going on. I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be – breakfast or lunch it's at 10 30 so uh i'll have to i'll have to find out make sure see if that's a lunch or a breakfast but uh, if you're like me and you're buttoning up a fast pass right up against that time that'd be perfect for families like ours yeah in and out more time in the parks right all right moving on what do you got for us dave i'm i'm done with the stuff in the news so what do you got for us all right it's time to take a trip back let's hear the music we're traveling backwards in time right now we're leaving the world of today behind so if your imagination is ready here we go. Okay, this week starts off with April 19th. That's Sunday evening. Um, Sunday evening, April 19th, 2009. Space Mountain at Walt Disney World closes for refurbishment for the first time since 1975. Wow. Now, that ride was operating identical to the way it was in 1975 all the way up until 2009 where they did some overhaul on it. Uh, turned it more into the futuristic thing as opposed to the 1950s sci-fi that they had earlier. So um, the upgrades were needed, and in 2009, that's what they did. Moving on, April 20th, 1914. We're going way back on this one. Betty Lou Gerson. Does that ring a bell to you? Should it? It did not with me either. However, okay. <laughs> however, Betty Lou Gerson. Betty Lou. Betty, Betty Lou. Lou. You know Betty Lou. She was the narrator of Cinderella and the voice of Cruella DeVille. And this is her birthday, 1914, April 20th, 1914. She was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, a place I pass as we go down to Disney World. Yeah, I've been through there a couple times. Nice place. Uh, it's a pit. It's a nice area. Come on now. Dave, I used to work insurance. Uh, I used to investigate insurance fraud, and I've been down there a couple times. It was a nice area. Sorry, all you folks from Chattanooga. All right, moving on. April, tw- April 21st. 2000. This is the date that the Orlando Sentinel reported that the next big thing at Epcot was coming. Taking the place of the old uh, Horizons ride at Epcot was going to be a one-of-a-kind astronaut experience, which we know as Mission Space. You got it, brother. Lifting off in the year 2003. This flight takes us 50 years into the future, they said. All right, April 22nd, Animal Kingdom opens up. This is the grand opening of Animal Kingdom park wasn't completely done 
they had Africa and Dinoland USA open. It was five attractions, nine exhibits, and 12 shows at the time of opening. Uh, what was it, from like 8 in the morning to what, noon? I'm joking. No, yeah, it was probably like a one-hour <laughs> thing. And you know what? Dinoland USA doesn't even count because that is like my least favorite part of any Disney park, Dinoland USA. Primeval World gives you whiplash and everything else there is like so carnivalish. Right. I do like Dinosaur, though. All right, moving on. April 23rd, 1986. April 23rd. This is the groundbreaking ceremony for the Grand Floridian Beach Resort. The scheduled finish was supposed to be 1988, and I did not know that the word beach was in that. I've always known it as the Grand Floridian Resort. Yeah, same here. Okay, I learned something. Yeah, so I'm wondering when that actual uh, title changed, because that's what it is now. It's not Grand Floridian Beach Resort that I, that I know of. Uh, we may have to do a little research on that. So April 24th, 1989, the all-new Mickey Mouse Club debuts. So the Mickey Mouse Club, the original one with Annette Fumicello and all that, uh, disappeared for a while. 1989, they brought it back, and there are some big stars that were future stars when this show came out on the cast of the Mickey Mouse Club. You know any of them? Uh... What's her face? Oops, I did it again. Yeah, Britney Spears. Britney Spears, that's right. She's on The Voice. Oh, she's on The Voice. Oh, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. And uh, Justin Timberlake. Um, and, and actress Carrie Russell, who I'm not familiar with. You know that name? No. Okay. But which, you did say JT, right? Justin Timberlake, yep. Yeah. Yep. So those are the uh, Mickey Mouse Club members that went on to future stardom. Uh, that came back. The first episode of that aired April 24th, 1989. A lot of good, yeah, a lot of stars coming from there. Yep. And the next day, April 25th, 1953, going a little further back in time, uh, this is the birthday of Ron Clements. Ron Clements is an animator and director and a writer, born in Sioux City, Iowa, 1953, on April 25th. Uh, his works, his big work, in my opinion, he wrote and directed The Little Mermaid. But he also had a hand in The Princess and the Frog and Hercules and Aladdin. He served a two-year apprenticeship under one of the nine old men, Frank Thomas, where he worked at, worked on projects like The Rescuers, Pete's Dragon, and Peter Pan. So this is his birthday, April 25th, 1953. Dude, that's awesome. He's great. And that's going to do it for this week in Disney history. All right, thanks for the flashback. If you would like to become a Disney dream maker yourself, simply email travel at two tickets to paradise.net again that is travel at the numeral two tickets numeral two paradise.net Today, we have a former cast member, Mike, who worked at Disney security at a variety of parks. Now, Dave, you know I used to be a military police officer, and I absolutely loved my job. Now, if I could combine, you know, Disney and security, that'd be pretty cool. We have Mike, a former cast member, uh, who started working security just shortly after 9-11. He worked at MGM, 
Uh, he also worked at Port Orleans, uh, Saratoga Springs, and some other various parks. You know, he worked, uh, had a job in loss prevention. And um, we're going to talk to him today and just talk about how he got his start and um, how he got involved with security at the, at the park. So, uh, Mike, so, I just want to welcome you to the show. Hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? We're doing good. How's it going, Mike? Doing good. I'm glad to be on here with you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, first things first, tell us your story. How did you get started in security with the Walt Disney Company? Um, I first started with Disney in merchandise, in retail. Um, I, I, I've done security work before and uh, started talking to some people there. And even my, a couple of my managers in retail said they thought that I'd make a good uh, fit in security. So I went ahead and applied, and right after 9-11 is when they made a huge push as far as uh, bringing people into security for back checks and whatnot. What kind of training did you receive? Um, they just told us uh, some of the stuff as far as what to look for in the bags, but we weren't allowed to look uh, allow into the parks. Um, so I take it you're not allowed to bring like the cartoon sticks of dynamite and uh, big anvils to drop on people's feet then, huh? <laughs> no. Um, at that point, they had even gone as far as you couldn't bring like glass in there, stuff like so. Um, you know, and some people would bring their lunches and stuff and they we'd have to get management to say okay to that now checking bags that had to be pretty interesting i thought I, i'm pretty sure you saw some a variety of stuff inside backpacks purses and, and so on what is the most interesting item that you came across checking bags um things that females don't like us to see they try and kind of hide that stuff and uh, unfortunately we have to see it <laughs> you know um People would try and bring in little, like, shot bottles and, you know, try and put them in, like, in the middle of socks and so that they couldn't, so it wouldn't be seen. But as we're pushing through, we can feel that there's stuff in there. Did you say shot bottles? Yeah, you know, like the air, little airplane bottles of alcohol bottles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People wanted to get liquored up while they're at the happiest place on earth already. Oh, yeah. Make it even happier for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so... So I guess as far as what's the strangest thing you came across? Um, just that, just the, the liquor and uh, yeah, I mean, the I, female products. Yeah, that's all I, un, un, I. I know it doesn't sound like real. That's all I ever came across. I, you know. Any of your buddies or any uh, you know war stories from your employees talking to each other, your coworkers? You know, hey, you know, last Saturday, you know, Fred came across this. You know, any 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 locker room talk? It was usually just little stupid stuff like that, you know, that people would try and bring in. Um, I guess sometimes we would get cops who, who because they can carry, I guess, stuff that they would come in and want to bring in their, the their, uh, you know, their gun. Oh, it's a, but it's in a fanny pack, but, you know, sorry, you can't bring it in here. Right, right. Who can carry. <laughs> right. Um, you know... I got an odd question for you. So, okay, so you worked uh, bags, and then later on you moved inside the parks, correct? Right. Okay, and I'm sure you dealt with shoplifters. You did a little LP on the side, right? Correct. Um, we would see it. We would follow them. We have undercover uh, security who we would get in contact with 
and let them take it over from there because uh, Disney's a lot of visual and that would be uh, they call it show so it would be bad show for a uniformed officer to walk up and actually arrest or you know bring somebody in who's shoplifting yeah so that's sort of like getting back to um the men in black the the, the guys that walk around with the black polos and the khaki pants that at that point they would take over and, and handle the the person who who stole something or shoplifted from right, the store right but even they're not that visual they're they would they would look just like you or I walking through the park you wouldn't know anything about it until they walked up to you and said hey we need to talk to you and bring you in the back okay so yeah individuals that blend in um do exist then at the park correct all right confirmation right there number one um silly question to ask you so so we do have individuals that are dressed just like you and i at the park how about individuals that take care of the odd and strange things uh, you know i've been reading a lot of stuff online and people i've been talking with also talk about individuals that work in a a different sector of security that take care of just weird things that happen at the park that are dressed in black polos and khakis. Is that true? Um, that if they, maybe they've been they've done that since I've worked there. But when I worked there, it was just plain clothes. Okay. And, and it would just you know it, you wouldn't know them from anybody. Okay, so they they definitely just blended right on in. So you did some LP work and um. Where at? Where did you do some uh, loss prevention? Um, I, I worked at uh, the studios. I worked at All Star. Um, I was never playing clothes personally. I was always one of the uniformed guys. Okay. So um, what does that mean when you're loss prevention? What kind of job do you do? It's all it's all under security, you know. So it's all you know, whether you're pl- whether you're plain clothes or uniformed. It's all loss prevention. Oh, okay. All right. So not directly tailored towards merchandise or all the above. It's 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 all, all the above because you you have issues uh, that you can run into in the resorts where you know somebody lost something, somebody said that something was stolen out of their room. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Have, did you ever feel in your line of work, uh, Mike, that you felt like your life was in danger at any point? Nah. Okay. No. Any any uh anything happen where you, you felt like um, uh oh boy man I really need to get more more individuals over here or, or things can get pretty heavy too quick and cause a big scene at the parks or maybe at a resort? Um, that that would usually be more at the resorts where people are. You get more people. Uh, usually end up being uh, intoxicated. Or and then they end up getting into wanting to get into fights, and then they get their friends. And so, as soon as any of that starts kicking up, then we just call other other officers over. And at the resorts, you're within like five minutes of each other, so you can. If I had an issue coming up, I could have ten other officers with me within five minutes. Oh, nice. So you probably encountered some of that working like at Saratoga Springs, right? Right. Okay. Um, I, I have a silly question. This is a curveball at you. You know, I, I've always heard, and I've actually read this also, that no one can be pronounced dead at the parks. Is this true? It used to be true, and uh, lately, I mean, with, with uh, social networking and stuff, 
it, it, they they can't do that anymore. It's impossible. You can say you know they could try. It used to be that they uh, that they made it to the uh, hospital, and that's where they were pronounced dead. Right, uh, right. I have a but talk- they never they they never were pronounced dead at, at the resorts or, or the parks or even in transit. It wasn't until they reached the ho- the hospital where, like I said, with so with uh, with social media, you know, it's, it's hard to get around that when somebody's got a phone going with video with somebody laying out and <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, and I and I saw some bogus stories online, and, and this is very interesting, but uh, probably bogus, too weird to even be true. Where you know Disney has gone so far as you know holding up to that commitment of not pronouncing anyone dead while on property that medical personnel have been rushed over to some individuals to actually continuously pump blood in them because of some Florida state law they can't have your pounds dead if your blood is still flowing where they have actually pumped blood in individuals and, and kind of stopped until they got off of property have you heard anything like that before? I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay, right, but but it is true. They cannot be pronounced dead unless they're off Disney property. Correct. Wow, okay. I, all right, so it's just another cast member confirming that, Dave. Pretty in, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, what was your typical day like, Mike? You know, you woke up, did you work, I mean, day shift, uh, swings, or evenings? First off, yeah, tell us what shift you worked and what a typical shift was for you. Um, I worked all three shifts actually at some at one point or another. Um, the parks I would work during the day typically. I think I worked overnight a couple times, but and that's kind of boring. You know, it's nothing going on at night. Um, during the day when it is when I would work in the parks overnight, I worked at the resorts. Um, the resorts are kind of fun at night because that's when everybody's just out having a good time and playing and yeah. <laughs> you can see me, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, for your listeners, I was sitting here partying down like dinner, <laughs> Mike. Go ahead, Mike. So and, and overnight, you would, at the resorts is where you would get your people who uh, they schools would come in with their with their kids and they, they'd have their curfews. And it would it would be fun catching these kids out, nice. You know when they weren't supposed to be because you know they knew they were in trouble and they were and the schools were were strict to where if they caught them outside they sh- they sent them back home next day. And the typical plane, from what I understand, the typical plane ticket was about a thousand dollars for them to go home. Whoa! I said. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was. Maybe. I'm sorry. I might have this. That's one of the wrong place. It might have only been a hundred. But um, I mean, it's still. A, it's still a quick expense for mom and dad to have oh, to come up with on an overnight thing. Of course. Now, you were talking about you know nights was kind of boring. I've always wondered when I traveled the parks, and maybe you did too, Mike. I mean, excuse me, Dave. Boy, that would be a great hiding spot if I could just stay here another night, you know, and stay here all night and wake up in the park. Will they really ever see me? Will they find you if you find a spot that you think is secure enough, or do you true you guys truly know every nook and cranny of the park? I guess if you found the right spot. <laughs> that had it ever has it ever happened? You know? No, I I've okay. never heard of it happening. But how do they how do they corral the people out of the parks? How, do you know how they ensure people 
get out. It'd be so you think it would be so easy. Of course, they probably have cameras all over the place, and that that'll get to another question of mine later on. But you think it'd be real easy for that for someone to just kind of hide out and, and and not leave the park at night? Well, my end with the rides, the uh, the people who run the rides, they make sure everything's clear. Lights go on. They walk through everything. Um, the parks, there's just there's enough people walking, enough of the security and walking around that I think if somebody were in the park, honestly, that somewhere you you would end up getting caught because there is no there's no real uh, pattern to how you're walking. You just you know uh, if you just go walk, you know your area, you kind of walk however you want to. And it's a, it's a whatever pace or pattern you want. So you can't say, okay, at one o'clock, no security is going to be in this area, so I can jump from here to here, and then get to my, you know, point A to point B, and then I can get from point B to point C, you know, at this time because nobody's going to be here. You know, you, you don't, like I said, there's you don't know when anybody's going to be where. What did you like least about your job? I don't know. I like I, I like the job in general. So I don't. I'm trying to. I, I can't think of anything bad about it. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, I would love to have a job uh, like that where you know Dave and I both being school teachers, um, I, I could I could name off a handful of items that I don't like about the job. But to be but to have a job where there, you can't think of one thing you didn't like the least. I mean that that's amazing. That truly goes to show uh, Disney in general as far as having a magical day I bet every day for you was magical huh and you probably yeah. brought that home as well yeah, yeah I mean I, I, enjoy, I enjoy it in fact if we, we if we were to move back out that would probably be the first place I'd go reapply yeah and um, you're you're actually think you guys are you thinking about moving back out there soon we, we've talked about it um, and like I said that would be if, if that happened that would be the first place that I would like to go and that would be awesome, Mike, and I wish you all the best. I have a few more questions for you. Um, cameras, they're everywhere, right? Inside the parks and on the resorts? They're they're around where, where they would... I couldn't tell you exactly where they were. Well, I, I mean... Don't, I don't even know. There is, an, there is a uh, building that has... They, they they can see whatever they need to from everywhere. Okay, so it's... So that's they're, they're, they are in the parks, yes. Okay. Um, so that's your so eagle they, eye. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They need to go ahead. Repeat that again. I'm sorry. I, they could. They could probably. They could pretty much cover and find whatever they need to at any given time. Okay. So that's their eagle eye operation. So they would be able to track you from camera to camera as you stroll around the park or the resort. Right. If they if they find that if they if they can get pinpoint where you're at and they need to follow you, yeah, they could. How about inside of the monorail? I don't believe there's cameras in the monorail. Now at each station there is. So I mean that um so if anything happens inside the monorail, the I do not believe there's cameras inside of them. Okay. So but they do have the ability to track you from resort to resort and throughout the parks. Uh I've often wondered you know, if they're, if they're not on the monorail, then they're probably not on the bus resort, bus transportation system. I've often wondered, do they have cameras on those buses? They didn't when I worked there. Now, if they put them on now, I'm not, you know, uh, they may have by now. 
just so that they can see anything that's going on. And, okay. I, and that, I guess that would be my same answer with the monorail. When I worked there, they did not, if they've put them on now, I mean, they could have, just for security. But yeah, the, the, what I really enjoyed about it, I enjoyed being able to meet and talk to people, see people from around the world, uh, and just get educated about other places that way. Um, I did enjoy the security aspect of it, you know, you know, even when there was issues at the resorts. Uh, like I said, I never felt that my, any kind of endanger to myself, and it was like... A, uh, it, it was. I enjoyed it enough that if we moved back there, I would look to go back to work for them. Outstanding. Um, uh, let's see here. I just have two more questions. One of which, you know, a few episodes ago, we had an individual named Chris, who was a former cast member who worked on Main Street USA, and he ultimately decided that working for Disney was not for him, and he was escorted off property. Maybe you listened to that episode. I'm not sure. But uh, did you ever see that go on where Disney security employees escorted uh, employees that quit uh, off the park property? No, I was never, I was never, uh, never had that opportunity, huh? Never, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. And, um, very good. Uh, you know, I, this past week, I've been reading a lot of stuff online with uh, the Disney security force and um, uh, just the Disney courts, different uh, lawsuits that have happened and stuff like that. Is it true that Disney keeps all of their files involving park security locked up and the public are not allowed to view those documents? Or do you not know? That I don't know. Okay. All right, now I was reading a few articles online where... Uh, Disney was ultimately getting sued for not releasing certain documents to the public, and Disney responded that you know they didn't have to release documents to this case. It's, I think that's going on for years, though. Okay. People are wanting Disney to release things, but I mean it's not just Disney. If they go to you know any anything in you know in the court system that somebody wants released publicly. You know, you hear about that, you know, kind of stuff always in courts, and I don't think Disney's any different. So a Disney taxpayer, or excuse me, a Florida state taxpayer just can't approach Disney and say, hey, I'd like you to release your records. Uh, I'd like to just read some of the stuff that has been published from security personnel. Nah, I don't think so. (laughs) All right, man. Anything else before we end our interview here today that you'd like to say to our listening audience? Disney's a great place to visit. It's a great place to work for. Uh, I don't. I don't have many bad things to say about them because uh, you know my, my experience was great. Yeah, it sounds like it definitely was. You know, Dave and I, when we retire from teaching, or buddy, if you can get me a job before I retire, I'd absolutely love it. If you, if you can get back <laughs> into security, think of me, buddy. I did spend quite well, but- a few years in security in the military. Uh, as, a, as a military police officer, and I would absolutely love to have a job with the Walt Disney Company. All right, we, if, we, if I get back out there, I will we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Uh, we seem to have lost Dave's connection. I'm sure if Dave was here, he would say thank you as well. But we just want to say thank there you so like much. It. Oh, it looks like he's popping back up. There he is. No, he's I've, coming, I've he's been coming. here the whole time. I've oh. just been saving bandwidth. Oh, got it. Okay, you don't, don't want to eat up that data plan, huh? 
All right, well, we just want to say thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us the time to talk with us today, just to kind of go into your realm and your world of security at the Walt Disney Company. So thank you, Mike. We appreciate it. Nope. No problem. Thank Have an idea or simply just want to share your Disney side on our show? Email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 407-674-0414. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast.